Good morning, brothers and sisters of the Ask Us Nation. Welcome back to the Ask Us Why podcast. Hope you're having a beautiful Tuesday morning. It is nice and cloudy here in Phoenix, which in a lot of other states is considered bad weather. But here it is amazing because we never get clouds and we always just have the sun beating down on us and just literally melting everything that we own. So when we get clouds, it's a great day. So I'm having a great day and I'm hoping you are having a great day as well. If you guys are new with us, my name is Jeremy or Remy and I am the host of the podcast. I'm also the founder of Ask Us Why. And uh, right now we are going through a Proverbs series where every single day I drop episodes at midnight <clears throat> for us to uh, read through a chapter and then once we've read, read through the chapter all the way through once, then we'll pick one verse to talk about to give us either a takeaway or a reflection, which I kind of go hand in hand, I guess. One might be practical and like give you actually something tangible to do. Sometimes it might just be something to reflect on, um, which can then lead to action and change. So they do kind of work hand in hand. But either way, we find a takeaway for us to go with so that we have a little bit of wisdom to apply to our day. And uh, as I read through the chapter, I encourage you to read along with me. And if you are uh, driving or you cannot read with me, then that is great. But I would challenge you to find time in your day to set aside a few minutes and uh, go ahead and read this chapter because there's going to be a lot in it to go through, a lot to learn, a lot to memorize. Um, I think it'd be cool to like memorize the entire book of Proverbs. That would be bananas. I don't know if I could do it. Maybe one of these days we'll get there. But for now, a few verses will suffice. All right, guys, let's jump into this. Verse one. Wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. The terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger forfeits his life. It is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife, but every fool will be quarreling. The slugger does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. The purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Many a man proclaims of his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blesses, blessed are his children after him. A king who sits on the throne of judgment winnows all evil with his eyes. Who can say, I have made my heart pure, I am clean from my sin. Unequal weights and unequal measures are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Even a child makes himself known by his actions, by whether his conduct is pure and upright. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will have plenty of bread. Bad, bad, says the buyer, when he, but when he goes away, then he boasts. There is gold in abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Take a man's garments when he has put up security for a stranger and hold it in pledge when he puts up security for foreigners. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. Plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance, wage war. Whoever goes by slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. An inheritance gained hastily in the beginning will not be blessed in the end. 
Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord and he will deliver you. Unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord and false scales are not good. A man's steps are from the Lord. How then can man understand his way? It is a snare to say rashly, it is holy, and to reflect only after making vows. A wise king winnows the wicked and drives the wheel over them. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. Steadfast love and faithfulness preserve the king, and by his steadfast by steadfast love his throne is upheld. The glory of young men is their strength, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair. Blows that wound cleanse away evil, strokes make clean the innermost parts. So again, I think the takeaway is uh find a guy with old hair or old old hair. Find a man with old gray hair. <laughs> and uh he's wise. He is the glory of the young man is their strength, but the splendor of the old man is their gray hair. I find that so fascinating. Like you can't really decide like if your hair is gray or not, you know, but I guess it's the splendor of them. And, uh, hopefully one day I have gray hair. <laughs> I think everyone's hair eventually goes gray, but that doesn't necessarily mean wisdom. I think we've talked about that before. Age does not discern wisdom. Uh, people of young age can be much wiser than those of old. If the fool or the simpleton, as the scriptures talk about, um, is that person because they reject wisdom. They reject uh, rebuke and reproof. They reject knowledge and they would rather choose the ways of evil. Um, but there is a there's a few chapter, or a few verses in this that I loved. Uh, one I'll just bring up that's not going to be our takeaway, but do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord and he will deliver you. This can be so true because we are, you know, wronged in life in so many ways. And it can be really tempting for us to want to balance the scales and go after those who have done wrong to us. And uh, at the same time, you know, the Lord will repay that evil. But one of the harder things in life that I think that we'd probably struggle with is if someone that did wrong to us, um, let me give you an extreme. Let's say that someone uh, like sexually abused you and then that person went to jail and, uh, or let's say they didn't even go to jail. Let's just say that they, uh, they just carried on in their ways. And you read that verse and you're like, all right, well, the Lord's going to repay that evil. Like he's going to come after him one day. Well, what if he comes to know Christ? What if he receives eternal life? Does it seem fair that that person who has completely wronged you and done wrong to you um, get to receive the same reward? And uh, there's a parable that kind of talks about that, about the idea of how different people of different seasons and uh, ages may come to receive Christ and receive the same inheritance or the same reward that either other people were promised to. The man who worked the 12-hour day versus the person who worked the four-hour day. They received the same reward, but for the 12-year-old or the 12-hour, the 12-year-old, <laughs> but for the 12-hour worker, he looks at that four-hour worker and says, that's not fair. You paid him the same wage as me. Um, and that's a challenging thought to have where you wonder, you know, if you carry vengeance and justice for yourself and you want to do what you believe is best in your eyes for what is, um, right and just, which there's plenty of, you know, things to back up 
a valid reason why you'd want justice to be brought to someone who did something like that to you. Um, but that's just a very, uh, it's a hard thing to wrestle with if, you know, someone comes to receive Jesus and they're truly changed because then it comes back to, um, giving, giving up what has been wrong to you, uh, up to the Lord. And that is a very long process and it can be challenging, but there is wisdom in giving things to the Lord. But that's just one verse, and I just love that, and I just wanted to bring that up briefly. Uh, the verse we're going to be talking about today is verse 11. It says, Even a child makes himself known by his acts, by whether his conduct is pure and upright. So here's, here's the reflection for us, okay? Do my actions truly reflect the claims I make? Like, could someone from the outside look at my life and make an educated guess that I am a believer? Just sit with that thought. Like if someone were to look from the outside, I have no idea who you are, but could only look at your actions and your words. Like would they believe that you were a Christian? Because I have gone through seasons in my life where I was nowhere near what the definition of a Christian was. I was, you know, partying with the world and was... Uh, not choosing to to live in God's word and to choose wisdom every day and even the people I surrounded myself with and so many uh, things that if someone just looked at me, they, they would think that I just meshed with the world. I blended in with it. I was no different. And I think that this is... This is the question that we need to be asking every Christian around the world because uh, <laughs> if you are not aware, uh, according to studies, there are 2.2 billion Christians in the world or at least 2.2 billion people who claim to be Christian. And you think about that and you think, okay, if we have 2.2 billion Christians, but think about it this way, if we had 2.2 billion disciples, like people who were sold out for Jesus, who would dedicate their life to the ministry, to evangelism, to living out a bold um, faith that just shares the gospel, imagine what kind of change we could actually have in the world, right? But I think that here in America, uh, we've really set the stage and the precedent and the standard for calling yourself a Christian, but not even believing that God's word is 100% true. Like people will claim to be Christian. I, I, read, I read a study recently that said that, that a lot of people in here in the Valley in Phoenix claim to be Christian, but don't claim the word of God to be inerrant and to be uh, God-inspired that it's written by God. And then others that believe they're a Christian also believe that they don't really think, like I think it was like 30% didn't actually believe if Jesus was sin-free. Like what? Like if Jesus wasn't sin-free, then we then he died for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you wouldn't even understand your theology because the only reason Jesus qualifies as a atonable uh, sacrifice for us is because of his sinless life. Like if people, if people are claiming to be Christian, but they're not actually living it out in the words that they say and the actions and their true beliefs and values, then we as a Christian nation, so to say, we as Christians who claim to be Christian have really set the bar low for what it means to be a Christian. And because of that, we have lost so much weight to what it means to be bold that some of the things that should be normal to Christians are considered radical. Just, just think about that. Like for you to choose not to drink alcohol, you're the standout, right? You go to a party and they're like, come on, drink a beer. And you don't want to drink a beer. You're considered like weird. And that's just like a standard. And even for Christians, they see that it's like, dude, just drink. Like, what's the big deal? Or it's like swearing. 
swearing has become so normal. It's just become ingrained into our language. And it's like every other word we're saying something. And like we we just continue to, to live in that as if it's normal. But scripture clearly points us away from that. Or living with your, your significant other before marriage, having sex before marriage, um, even things like watching pornography. We've normalized so many things as just a part of the Christian faith. But it is so far from the truth. We need to be way better about reflecting on if our actions actually reflect those of the nature of Christ. So here are some things that I wrote down that are things we should be doing. It is not considered everything that we should be doing. These are just some things that I wrote down. And then I wrote some things that we should probably stop doing. And by probably, I mean we should stop doing. And not in a sense where we need to be legalistic. This isn't to earn salvation. This is simply that if we're going to be serious about the claims that we make, Jesus said to himself that if you love me, you will obey me. You will listen to my commands. And if we truly love Christ, then we would do the things that we're called to do and and to live a life free of sin, to repent from those sins, to turn away from them and to live a life that is constantly being renewed by Christ and being sanctified into his image rather than living in the sin that we died to already. Right. Romans, Paul talks about like, should we continue to uh, continue in our sin so that grace may abound? But no, we should not. How can you live for something you've already died to? And how can you live when something inside of you is already dead? So if we want to be the kind of people that we claim to be, like if you're going to claim to be like a, a fitness junkie or something, then are you at the gym? Right. Like you wouldn't say it if you're not doing it but we'll so easily throw out the term Christian, but then we won't actually live it. And this always convicts me to just think about like, am I actually doing things to where people, people would know me by my actions. So here are the, the things that I would say we need to think about doing. Speaking words of encouragement and life into others, not just roasting friends or having surface level conversations. This is one that really, really sits with me because this is kind of the season I'm in. I'm really being challenged in this season right now to have <clears throat> better conversations with my friends around me and try and refrain from just making crude jokes all the time and roasting friends, but actually being intentional with speaking encouragement into other people and trying to speak life because I, especially guys, it's so easy for us to just have a conversation with um, friends and just talk about sports and talk about like, you know, surface level things. And those can be fun, great conversations. But if that's all we ever talk about, we'll never actually grow closer to each other and be able to, to connect on a spiritual level and be able to disciple and grow with each other in our faith. Cause we'll only ever be talking about sports and fantasy football. And like, I don't want to have every conversation be about that. Cause that just, it destroys so much of the opportunity that we have to actually grow with those around us. The next I would say is abstaining from sexual immorality and preparing and saving ourselves for marriage. If you are, and again, <laughs> I write these because they really all apply to me right now. Uh, not necessarily right now, but just in my life. I think that uh, I got to a point in my life where even in my faith, I just became numb to this idea of like abstaining from sexual morality in a relationship. And I kind of just normalized it like, yeah, like, you know, we're kind of, you know, pushing boundaries and uh, we're being really intimate, but like we're going to like save sex for marriage. Right. And so like drawing these really weird gray lines in the sand as if like we're in this cool area that is still okay. But anyone that if, if I was in a leadership position or in a position where I would be exposed by my sins, people would be like, dude, you are not living the Christian life. Like, what are you doing? And so we've normalized this in society to just be okay. But we as Christians should be better because we're called to abstain from sexual immorality. It talks about it all throughout scripture. You've 
you have to have heard a verse about it before. There's too many of them. <laughs> and the first like nine chapters of uh, Proverbs talked all about like adultery and sexual morality and avoiding it. So if you've been listening to the series, you would know that too. But then preparing and saving ourselves for marriage and just trying to bring holiness and sacredness back to the covenant of marriage, something that's been missing for a while now is divorce is almost a gain. Uh, the next I said is attending a local church and serving at it. Huge too. Uh, I just started serving in our college ministry at my church and uh, it's pretty awesome. I'm very excited about it, but like we should be doing more than just attending our church on a Sunday. We should be involved with it. And I'm excited to share all my experiences that I get through it. But uh, yeah, it's something that we should all be doing. Meeting people outside of our friend group bubble, grand friend group bubble, friend group slash bubble. Like, do we find ourselves hiding from the world or embracing it with boldness? I think that we, and this one kind of goes hand in hand with another one that I put, I think a little bit down farther. But um, a lot of us get into like these clicks. We get into these like click groups of Christians and we only ever hang with them. And because we do so, we miss out on the opportunity to meet new people, to love on those who maybe don't know Christ or maybe those who are struggling in their walk with Christ. Um, because we're so comfortable with just our friend group. We don't want to invite anybody else. And this one is something that I've been challenged with for long because I got so comfortable with my friend group and I only ever wanted to just talk to the same people because they were cool. And I didn't want to have to like maybe meet some weird people or people that make me uncomfortable or people that don't necessarily vibe with the same way that I vibe. And um, because of that, I, I kind of pushed myself away from wanting to meet people. And so for a couple of years, honestly, while I've been doing like ask us why stuff, it's been much easier for me to, to not have to go meet a lot of people because I'm not in those like environments to connect with those uh, individuals. But obviously like changes are being made to that in my life now. And I, I'm just reflecting on something that was so true in my life is that I, I only wanted to hang out with my same friends all the time and not meet other people. And man, it really works against us in our faith. Sharing our faith with others around us. Duh. <laughs> we should be sharing our faith constantly <clears throat> and with boldness and uh, integrating into the words that we speak, just scripture and life and encouragement and whatever we're going through, whatever season it is, like, are we talking about God and giving him glory for those things? Or are we just talking about economics and where the markets are at or sports or whatever it is like we we should be better about sharing our faith uh, dressing modestly and being self-aware of how we promote our bodies this is uh kind of goes hand in hand with one of the ones that i put in the the stop doing is um, a lot of us either for girls a lot of girls will post a lot of um, pictures where they're in bathing suits or they're wearing really provocative clothes i think provocative is the word promiscuous i think that's the word promiscuous clothes and because of that, um, I think it's more because they are trying to seek affirmation from other girls and trying to receive, um, you know, those comments. It's like slay queen, you know, those kind of things. And, and it feeds into our image and we, we find more value in the shape of our body than we do in the innermost parts of us, which is so much more valuable. But then guys, I see guys doing this all the time where guys are just constantly posting pictures of them at the gym, constantly working out and constantly flexing at the camera. And it's like, what is your purpose with this? Even guys I know that might post that also post like Christian apparel or not Christian apparel, Christian uh, content. And it's like, yo, but you keep posting pictures about you and how huge you look. Like, what is your 
purpose for that? Is your purpose like, like Paul even talks about like working out physically is of some gain and of some value, but nothing compares to the spiritual gain we can have. So like for people that are into fitness, like guys, like we're just constantly posting pictures of us flexing and working out, but it seems like we're doing it for our own glory instead. And I just think that we can get a lot better about how we choose to promote ourselves on social media and what the purpose of social media should be, um, which can be a place to connect and a place to uh, talk with people from all over the world and learn stories and grow. Um, more often than not, it just becomes a platform where we can advertise ourselves and people can be pointed to us instead of to Christ. Uh, the next one I wrote is wearing Christian apparel for mask. Wait, that, that shouldn't be on there. That's a... I don't know why I put that in there. That's a, it's not really a recommend. I mean, it's, you can do it if you want, but that's not actually, it's not actually like required by scripture. There's no scripture to back that up. <laughs> All right, guys, caring for those who actually need help serving the poor and sacrificing our precious time for others. I'm just going to kind of slide through the next ones because I know we're, we're pretty long on this episode. Working hard at whatever job we have. This is so true. We just read yesterday about how the slugger will put his hand to the bull, but he won't even bring it back to him. And uh, I think we read in here too, love not sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you have plenty of bread. Like there is so much, even in the Proverbs, that talks about working hard and for the Lord. And I believe it's Colossians. Oh man, I'm going to butcher it. I'm so going to butcher it. I want to say it's Colossians 3. 23, but I could be wrong, but whatever you do, do it all. No, that's first, first Corinthians 10 31, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. But, uh, I believe it's Colossians 3 23 or somewhere in there that says, maybe it's through 24 says, uh, work heartily as for the Lord and not unto man. Um, because it is, uh, God who we serve and, uh, we will receive the inheritance of Christ when we do so. It's kind of a little bit of a paraphrase, but you know, the scripture, right? We work for God, we don't work for man, and that should reflect in our work habits and our work ethic. And people should look at us and be able to tell that, man, they constantly work hard and they hate their job too. Why do they do that? What makes them stand out? Uh, being in God's word and exerting the joy of the Lord for others to see. And the more we're, we're in God's word and the more we actually like are building our relationship with Christ, like you'll naturally start to be more joyful and people will want to be around you. I think that when we get too consumed with the things of this this world, and we get too distracted by those things and we pull ourselves away from God's word, then we we lack the fruit of the spirit that we really are, are called to that when we embrace the Holy Spirit, that's what we experience. And because of that, people see us just as normal as everyone else. But man, you've ever seen those people that are just so joyful? Some of them it's by by just, you know, who they are as a person. Um, but other times, like I've been that, that way where I've just had so much more joy than normal. It's because I'm in the joy of the Lord. Uh, being uh, generous with our money and being a person of integrity. Those I'm just going to tie together. And uh, I mean, they, they speak for themselves. Integrity, if you're not sure what that word means, it means being the same person as you are in public with those around you as you are in secret. So if you're someone who says something out in public, but you do it secretly differently, then you lack integrity. It's a very uncommon word to find today. So then I'm just going to kind of run through real quick the things that we should stop doing because I know, again, longer episode, uh, but we should stop going to parties on Fridays and Saturday and then church on Sunday. Or in other words, we should stop being just a Sunday Christian. Made a shirt for that that said, Monday through Saturday, don't just be a Sunday Christian. And that's the exact purpose of that message, that we are, we're called to be a Christian 24-7, 365, sometimes 366. And 
when we lack to be in Christian community and we lack to, uh, to like embrace fellowship and we choose to only go to church on Sundays, then we really miss out on so much of what we're called to do because it's not a, uh, it's not an agenda for your Sunday. It should be, uh, kind of, I, I don't know, maybe I'm hesitant on saying the word lifestyle because I feel like lifestyles change for people, but it is a life transformation. It is like completely changing our life for Christ. And that should be seen every single day, evident through uh, our heart and through our, our actions and through the changes we make. And if we can't show those kind of actions to others, um, then maybe we are a false convert. Maybe we've never actually truly accepted Christ because um, the Holy Spirit is change. And if we do not change and we continue to live in our sin, it's a really good chance we've never actually received Christ. Cursing and slandering uh, other people. That's another big one. Complaining all the time. Huge. Being lazy and half-hearted at work. Already kind of talked about that. Sharing in the same language and demeanor as the world. So there's a there's a time and a place for us to, to be all things to all people and to connect and to uh, love and serve well. But there's also a lot of times where we just we get way too immersed in the world and we blend in and nothing stands out about who we are and the, the way we talk. And if we're constantly talking and slandering and gossiping and, and talking about the same things, complaining as other people are, then we're never going to stand out and be different. So don't be the person that complains. Don't be the person that um, always has something negative to say. Don't be the person who's the pessimist. Don't be the person who is slandering or gossiping about other people, always talking down other people. Um, be someone who speaks life. Be someone who uh, defends those who are being gossiped about and be someone who lives a way that challenges people to change their actions and to be convicted. It's a great thing to be convicted and to want to change. Um, and we need to do better about setting a better example because when you set a better example, um, it's much easier for you to find that conviction. Uh, watching pornography. Huge. Can't be doing that, guys and girls. There's a lot of us that do it and it destroys our faith. It destroys everything we know about the beauty and sacredness of sex and what God created and designed it for. And it turns it into a game, turns it into a laughing stock, turns it into a, uh, what can I get out of this? And it turns it into a form of entertainment. And we're really just, just bathing in sin when we're watching pornography, uh, consuming eight hours a day of technology, entertainment, and social media, and only 10 minutes of God's word. Come on now, guys. I'll be the first to say that when I see my phone screen time at the end of the week and it tells me how many hours a day I was watching or doing something on my phone, it's kind of tough. I will say though that I try to spend a majority of it either on like Spotify with podcasts or it's communicating with people. Um, but I know that there are a lot of us out there that are just constantly watching TikToks and just scrolling and scrolling or uh, through like Instagram or Snapchat or, or even be real and all these social media things. But we're very little of our time is spent going through God's word in the day. Uh, stop being clicky and being open to meeting new people and loving on them. Already kind of talked about that. Posting social, posting photos on social media of us half naked, always working out or making our page all about us and how we can worship, how people can worship us. Already talked about that. And then living half in the world and half for Christ. Can't do it guys. We got to pick one or the other and uh, our actions will really determine that. So here's, here's my little phrase for the takeaway. And I apologize, guys. This is such a much longer episode than we usually do. But I hope that it was, I hope it's valuable for you guys in some sense. Uh, if we can look at a child's actions and determine their future, 
then oh, how much more can someone look at ours and do the same? The question is, where are you headed? Where are you going? If you look at your actions right now and the way you're living, what path are you going down? Where do you see yourself in a few years? If you're someone who struggles right now with um, lust and pornography and you're currently in a relationship but you haven't crossed boundaries, where do you think you're headed? If you're someone who is constantly at parties and you weren't someone to drink before but now you'll have a beer or two and you're starting to kind of fall in love with the scene, where do you think you're headed? If you're someone who is constantly um, consuming social media and is constantly, you know, loving the things of this world but have little desire for God's word, where do you think you're heading in a few years? So many thoughts, so much to reflect on, but what matters most from the scripture, again, I'm just going to read it. Even a child makes himself known by his acts, by whether his conduct is pure and upright. Just, just sit with that thought for today. Like, do my actions reflect that of Christ? Am I actually living a life for Christ or am I living for the world? Because that question will really answer and really give you a good idea of if you do or not. And it'll give you a challenge to make changes. And not in a way that's legalistic, again, doesn't determine our salvation. But man, like if you want to be an ambassador for Christ, we got to live like Christ calls us to. Like I have ambassadors for Ask Us Why. And I have expectations for how Ask Us Why ambassadors are and how they promote themselves because they represent my brand. And I don't want anyone living a life full of sin to be wearing one of our shirts. Why would I, why would I want them to misrepresent who we are and what we support? You know, I, I think Jesus thinks the same way. If we're going to carry the name of Christ, let us not do it in vain, but let us do it in a way that brings honor and glory to him. I'm going to pray us out and let's have a great Great Tuesday. I think I made a vouch for the other day that, um, a vouch. I think I made a claim the other day that Tuesdays are the worst day of the week. And we'll see about that today. All right, let's pray. Lord, we rejoice in your word and we rejoice in your wisdom and we are so thankful for it. And Lord, I pray that we would just reflect on our actions, each and every one of us, myself included, on just the choices that I make and whether or not I'm truly living a life for Christ. And convict us in areas where we need to be convicted. Move us in the spirit where we need to move. And I just pray that we can make the changes that we need to make in our lives where we know we need to, but we've been avoiding. And I pray that um, we would have the right community around us to support us. Or that if we don't, that we would find it as well. Lord, may, may we be examples to the world of what it means to actually be a Christian in a world where we have just washed out the term. May we completely embody and uh, exemplify your character and who you are to those around us. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful for this community. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, keep being awesome. Keep killing it. You guys are so freaking cool. Keep growing the kingdom. Uh, keep being an example. I love you guys and uh, have a beautiful Tuesday and I will see you all on manana. Peace and blessings. Peace.